Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Community building is one of the best business models out there because people come to you for a particular reason and then they're going to stay because they like the community you've built. Today on episode 580 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with expert in converting audiences, Kimberly Whitecamp. I'm going to ask Kimberly how consultants and coaches can build a community and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Kimberly along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Kimberly Whitecamp. Kimberly is a marketing strategist, podcaster, and conversion copywriter. As creator of the Audience Conversion Method and host of the Audience Converter podcast for community leaders, she helps community leaders, coaches, and course creators convert their audience from strangers to loyal fans. Kimberly works with her clients to put the right message in front of the right person at the right time, especially in emails. She loves talking marketing, travel, and all things sci-fi. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, David. I'm excited to be here. Kimberly, you've lived all over the world. How have these different environments affected your career trajectory? Oh, that's a really great question. So uh, I'm one of those lucky people during the last recession to be in university graduating and uh, having absolutely no good job prospects. Unless, of course, I moved to Spain. So I did that and became an English teacher. And really what it, it kind of helped me do is just kind of figure out the very best ways to explain pretty much anything in really simple and easy to understand language. I lived in Spain. All of my students who were, you know, English is the second language students. So anything I was talking about was in a language that wasn't their native tongue, right? And I got to meet people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And then I moved to China and I moved to New Zealand and lived there for a while. So it really just gave me a deep understanding of how people think and a deep understanding of how to explain any kind of concept in the right language. Because depending on where you are and depending on who you're talking to, you need to change your language and change the way you say things uh, to make it understandable to the right audience. Which means you became very focused on how your audiences were receiving what you were communicating very early on in your career. Absolutely. It was so important to be able to take, you know, that understanding of where are my people coming from? What is their background? What is their understanding? And then make sure to give the message and give the understanding and the explanation uh, that speaks to where they are, right? So many of us, we kind of get lost in, okay, these are all the things I know and how I can help people. But we forget that the people we're talking to are probably at a different level than us with a different background. So we need to make sure that our message matches what they understand. Right. So I gathered that that was the seed for the audience conversion method. Absolutely. I uh, I got started as a copywriter doing um, travel software because what did I know? I knew travel. Uh, I'd worked a lot in the travel industry. I knew traveling. So I was like, okay, I'll focus on that. And uh, a lot of the people I spoke with uh, in that industry, they were doing new things. And the people they were talking to didn't really know any of the new things and having to bridge that divide. Uh, it was software. So I got a lot of people who were kind of accidental marketers, right? Somebody who maybe understood a little bit about marketing, but was really a software engineer and 
helping them bridge that divide between this is what I understand, but this is what my audience understands and and creating that process to invite people in and be a part of your community and be a part of uh, what you're doing for a little bit before moving on to that sales conversation. So in addition, Kimberly, to learning how to compile and deliver a message that was simple enough for your for your audience to understand how did you develop the marketing side of your skill set uh so i started as a travel writer uh, and from there was kind of introduced to the world of copywriting loved everything about it and i went and did a ton of intensive training i got certified as a direct response verified copywriter through one of the oldest uh, copywriting training programs in north america um, that's american writers and artists inc and uh, basically, I, I'm a lifelong student. I love learning. And I'm always taking training on what's new, what's going on, what's changing, that kind of thing. So from there, dived into uh, web copywriting, copywriting specifically for the online space with one of the uh, first people to ever do it. And he wrote for like Microsoft and Apple in the early days. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how my training uh, and skill set building came about. I realized that it was going to be uh, an ongoing process and there was never going to be an end, which I love because I love learning new things. So I'm, I'm always out there uh, taking trainings and uh, learning about what is working right now. And Kimberly, how did you learn what solo consultants and coaches need most? So that came about because I started to become a part of a lot of communities with coaches and consultants and really got the chance to speak with them about okay, what is, you know, what are your struggles? Uh, what does that look like? And uh, got into the world of launch copywriting. So that's when like uh, coaches and consultants are kind of opening the doors for a particular program or service at, at a specific time. And so training with some of the top people who had helped others establish their their businesses as well. And of course, you know, talking to the people you help, there's no better method for really making sure that you understand what your audience needs than by asking them and speaking with them on a regular basis. And so what have you heard from consultants and coaches? Uh, a lot of times what I've heard is that uh, they know they need to be doing marketing, uh, but they're not really sure where to start. There's so much stuff out there. How do they know what's going to work for them? And uh, the really big one I find is that a lot of coaches and consultants, they're essentially their own brand, right? They are selling uh, them. They are the brand. They are the company. So they really need marketing that sounds like them. And there is this perception that marketing, there's a right way to say things, or there's a particular approach you have to take, especially for those who come from a corporate background where, you know, there was any kind of communication you had, had to match a very specific set of standards. And so I find that a lot of coaches and consultants are like, well, how do I make my marketing kind of an extension of working with me? And how do I uh, turn that marketing and that messaging into something where it sounds like me. So a lot of times people would hire somebody uh, and it wouldn't sound like them. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if I can use this because uh, their marketing is an extension of them. It's an extension of what it's like to work with them. So I found a lot of coaches and consultants struggle with knowing where to start in marketing and also figuring out how to balance uh, what they need to do with their marketing and still making it sound like it's an extension of them. Yeah, I have come across that many times. I've seen so many people struggle with that. And what I've also seen is consultants and coaches will hire someone to help them craft some of their marketing language. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. The marketing language sounds like the person they've hired. It doesn't sound like the consultant or coach who is being marketed. 
Absolutely, David. And that's a real struggle for people because, you know, if you hire a consultant, you're hiring that consultant's knowledge, their expertise, the approach they have for tackling a particular problem. So you really need to kind of get to know them before you say yes to hiring them. And that's where your marketing comes in. So when you have marketing that does not sound anything like you, it's a real struggle. Or if it doesn't sound like you and then people like what they hear, and then they hire you and it's a different uh, experience than what they were expecting. That's not really a great experience either for either side. Right. So what do you suggest consultants and coaches do before they start looking for somebody to help them with their marketing communications so that they are able to get a much closer match between the deliverable and uh, the message and the brand that the consultant and coach represents? Absolutely. So one of the things I recommend for people is to first take a step back and decide what success looks like for you. Too often, we're kind of tied into, well, this is what I've heard is what's great. And then we're not taking that time to make sure that what we're creating is actually going to do what we want it to do. So take a moment and decide, okay, what will a successful campaign, what will successful marketing look like for me? And for some people that might be, well, I want two new clients a month to approach me or something like that, right? And also take into account your phrases and the way you say things. So what one of the things I've done for people in the past is created like a style book, but any coach or consultant can do this for themselves. And that is literally just kind of taking note of the phrases that you use when talking about something uh, to make sure that uh, your the biggest part of your messaging is something that's going to be included in the marketing. And then you can hand that off to a copywriter or a marketer or whoever you hire to help you uh, create that uh, experience for people and say, okay, this is the way I talk about things. So please use this as like a template. And if you're not sure about how you speak about things, or if you're really not clear about, well, I I don't know how to define that. That's what I want help with. A really easy way to kind of get a jumpstart on that is to ask a friend to interview you. So you come up with like three questions. Usually they're pretty basic. It's something like a what is it you do? Who do you serve? And why is what you do different than anybody else, for example? And the way we speak to friends is very different than the way we like write and the way we think about things when we're talking in a more formal setting, such as uh, what some of us consider normal business settings, especially in the corporate world. So if you get a friend to interview you and you get a transcript of the call, you'll notice okay, this is how I talk about this particular thing. And then you can compare that to anything you've used in the past for your marketing language and see, okay, do I say those same phrases in my marketing as when I was talking with my friend? And you want to gather those phrases that you say a lot, like when you're speaking with a friend, to incorporate into your marketing. Right, and I'm guessing that it's not just having your friend ask you three questions, but those three questions are the jumpstart for the conversation and that there'll be a little back and forth and your friend will ask you to go deeper based on however you answer those three questions. Absolutely. And the the idea is that it's kind of like a conversation because what is happening in the marketing world is more and more of our communication is conversational. People start to notice when something sounds quote unquote marketing or salesy, but you know, conversational language is what really resonates with people nowadays, especially since we have so much noise online. So what you really want is just to have a conversation with somebody. So those are your starting points and you can use the so what method. That's a really popular method for copywriters. 
to uh, get deeper into the emotional and beneficial language. So if you give your explanation, like, you know, I help coaches uh, create communities with their marketing, then you just have your friend ask the same question like four or five times. And that is, so what? So you, I help people uh, create the communities with their marketing. Well, so what? Well, it gives them the ability to, to draw in more of the right people at the right time. Well, so what? And you keep going deeper and deeper until you get to that deeper emotional language. And it makes you kind of think and, and reframe and dive deep into exactly how you're helping people. That's more than just the surface level. It's kind of like when a toddler asks you why over and over again. Exactly. <laughs> why? Why is the sky blue? Why? 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 And eventually you'll just be like, well, because of this. Oh, right. That's seven layers deep. But that's the exact reason why I do what I do. Yeah. Oh, I love that. These are, these are great tips, Kimberly. And one of the other things I really wanted to ask you about is this whole concept of community leader, because you know, in the introduction, I mentioned that you help community leaders. Can you define what a community leader is to, to get started? Absolutely. So a community leader is somebody who has decided their method, their methodology, their, their expertise, their genius. Uh, they want to help create a community around that. And I usually phrase it as, you know, uh, coaches and, and course creators who want to build a community around what they do. And there's two reasons for that. Number one is that uh, community building is one of the best business models out there because people come to you for a particular reason and then they're going to stay because they like the community you've built. And also because support is such an important part of pretty much anything we do in our world. And uh, having the support of a community lets us kind of expand and grow faster than if we were to do it on our own. So I view community leaders basically as anyone out there who's looking to improve other people's lives, who also wants to to build a community of like-minded people who are looking to achieve or accomplish the same goals. What are some examples of communities that we might not think of as communities? So communities we may not think of as communities, like uh, for some people, they think, oh, a community means that there's got to be like a thousand people and I meet them all the time. But, you know, a community could simply be coffee lovers, right? People who really enjoy coffee and they have a couple of friends. They can ask for recommendations for new flavors. They can ask for recommendations on, on new products to, to make the best cup of coffee in the morning, if you will. So that's a community of people. You all have a common goal. You all have a common interest. And especially if like uh, the people you're involved with are um, people who are, are advocates of uh, making the coffee community uh, more global and sustainable. So that could be other people who have an interest in like um, uh, free trade coffee, organically sustained and farmed, eco-friendly, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's a community of people, right? We're people who love coffee are involved in that kind of community. And in the business world, it could literally be, okay, there was a, a group of people I was uh, a part of their community for a while where it was literally people who wanted a specific time to get tasks done, but they knew if they did it on their own, they wouldn't. So they joined a community. And what happened was once a week, there was a specific time slot. People would log in, say what they were going to do, turn off their cameras, do their work, come back. It's uh, using focus sessions, but doing it in a way where you had the accountability and support of other people. So there's all kinds of different ways to build a community and have it uh, benefit you and your business. Can communities be both B2B or B2C? 
Oh, definitely. B2B, I mean, any association you come across, right? The association of CPAs, for example, that's a community, a community of people who are looking to improve their business and improve their CPA skills and have a like-minded goal, right? Everyone is a CPA in that community. So there's a ton of uh, communities out there, associations, uh, chamber of commerce, networking groups. Those are all types of communities for the B2B world. And then for the B2C world, of course, uh, you have like coaching communities, you have communities of people who want to support each other in like their weight loss journey or in their meditation journey, uh, those are also communities as well. So there's definitely a place for a community both in the uh, B2B and the B2C world. Kimberly, what are some of the basic steps to building a community? So some of the basic steps to building a community is, again, I'll, I'll go back to my, my earlier answer, which is take a step back and define success for yourself. So if you are building a community, what do you want to be providing and what do you want other people to get out of it? Sitting down and kind of just taking a moment to decide what that looks like uh, can really be a really strong first step to building a successful community. Because if we build something and we don't know where we want it to go, uh, it's really hard for it to get there. So step number one is define what you want it to look like and define what success looks like. And, uh, you know, as part of that, also defining what success for your members looks like and uh, what the process of working with that community, what you want that to look like. And then the next step, of course, is to invite people into the community. A lot of us, you know, we're a little scared or a little worried about putting our big goals out there, but it's really hard to let people know about a community you're building or to let your friends know that they can refer people to your community if you don't tell them what you're doing. So step number two is to literally tell friends, family, colleagues, you're building this community while you're building this community and who is the best fit for the community so they know if somebody's looking for a resource or support around that, that they can direct them your way. Those are great steps. Kimberly, are you also a community leader? Absolutely. I, I <laughs> of course, uh, am building a community. And, you know, I, I'm in a part of a lot of different communities, right? I'm building a community through my podcast of people who are looking for that kind of advice. I'm uh, doing a group coaching program for other people who are looking to, to build their um, year-long and lifelong business marketing over the course of 12 months. I'm a, a member of several other communities and a, a leader in several other communities as well. But I, I love the sense of community that helps us all achieve our goals. I had this really weird notion when I got started in business that it didn't count unless I did it on my own. That literally nothing I achieved was going to like count as me being a business owner unless I achieved it by myself. And uh, that led to a lot of uh, long, long hours and uh, no rest breaks and not a lot of progress. And as soon as I joined a community and really embraced being a part of that community, I saw my business start to expand. I saw uh, the time that I wasn't working on my business start to expand as well. And I noticed that every time I've joined a community, I've only benefited from it. So I strive to be a great leader for others who are looking for help and what I can help them with. And of course, to be an active member of other communities to help support my fellow members. Sounds great. Now, Kimberly, you also said you're a lifelong learner. What are some of the trends that you're paying attention to these days? Ooh, that's a really great question, David. So some trends in marketing that I'm really paying attention to. One of the things I'm really paying attention to is this idea that I've had, and I've been a big proponent of it since the onset of social media, uh, but a lot of people have kind of uh, been ignoring until about now. And that is you cannot build a platform on somebody else's platform. 
So a big trend I've been seeing here lately is the new shiny object, right? Right now, that shiny object is called Clubhouse. Uh, there was TikTok, I think uh, six or 12 months beforehand, there was another one. You know, there was Snapchat for a while. But there's this idea or this trend that social media is the end all and be all. And people are starting to realize, you know, it's trending that people are like, well, I want to meet people there and then I want to bring them into my own community. Uh, So people are noticing that while they've built their entire business or they've built their entire network on a particular platform, that you need to be multi-platform, that you can't uh, put all your your eggs in one basket, if you would. And uh, another trend I'm seeing is going back to email. I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, my email rates have you know, gone through the floor. They're so bad. But I'm also seeing other people who are realizing if they use email properly, they're actually getting so much more out of their uh, email list. And when I say they're getting more out of it, they're getting more engagement. They're getting more people interacting. They're building a connection with people who've signed up to be on their list. So I'm seeing a trend where it's really funny. A lot of people will say, I hate checking my inbox. I hate reading email but it's still the strongest tool for them in their resources when building their business. Yeah. Any of the social media channels are somebody else's property and your email list is your own property. Absolutely. And I keep reminding people that in order to sign up for any of those other platforms, what do people need to do? Oh, yes. They need to give over an email address. So, you know, (laughs) this idea that people don't check their email is crazy. Like there's been tons of studies and they all say something to the effect of people check their inbox like 12 to 18 times a day, right? We check our phones. We check to see if we have any new emails. So people are definitely in their inbox. They're still using them. It's just a matter of, well, are you using it the right way? And, uh, you know, it's great to have social as a part of your mix. And I highly recommend having more than one channel to connect with people on. Uh, But don't forget that somebody else controls it, right? Right now, the, the newest trend you know, there's no advertising, I think. And there's, um, you know, you can go and show up and do whatever you want, but that's this iteration. What happens in six months, in 12 months? What happens when more people are able to join or more people have established themselves and now it's even harder for you to grab an audience again over there? I mean, those platforms, they expand, they grow, they change, and you don't control them. So it's always important to have a network and to have a platform that is yours that you can guarantee that your people are actually going to hear from you. Kimberly, I want to thank you so much for responding to all the questions I asked. We covered so much in such a short time, so many great topics and important strategies for consultants and coaches. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where's the best place to go? Absolutely, David. Thank you so much again for having me on. It's been a blast chatting with you. If people want to learn more about me and what I do, they can go to theaudienceconverter.com. That's the website. They'll also find the Audience Converter for Community Leaders podcast there. And it's, of course, listed on any podcast listening tool you like to use, such as Amazon Podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Uh, It's listed on all of those big platforms. And a really great resource for people if they're wanting to get started with building that community, it starts with your email list. And I've got a guide I I give people called Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, uh, how to get more uh, opens, clicks, and engagements from message number one. And they can get that at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Sounds great. Kimberly, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been expert in converting audiences, Kimberly Whitecamp. Thank you again, Kimberly, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, David. 
When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how consultants and coaches can build a community and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.